Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for joining me for another Food as Medicine series on the podcast. You guys know I really enjoy geeking out on the science stuff, and we are going to do that today, which means I am happy. But before we do that, I have a special invitation for you, a special announcement for you. Some of you may have seen or heard me mention it in Sunday's VIP email, but I shared in that email, for those that didn't see it, a really powerful quote that someone shared with me the other day on Instagram. And the quote says, someone once asked me, why do you always insist on taking the hard road? And I replied, why do you assume I see two roads? So good, right? Often, we're doing something the hard way, not because we want to, not because we're masochistic, but because we didn't realize there was an easier way. We don't know what that easier way is. And that is so the case for most people when it comes to nutrition, to fat loss, to body change, to finances, to everything. We're doing it the hard way, not because we want it to be hard, but because we don't know any other way. But especially when it comes to nutrition and body change, there is an easier way. And I've shared with you guys before that I am in the process of writing my first book, and it's not about nutrition. It's not about fat loss. It is exactly about this, that there is an easier way to create change. That's not about deprivation and restriction and willpower and this constant battle that you always feel burdened by. And I shared in the VIP email that it has been so hard. Probably the hardest part of writing so far has been not sharing everything I write on the podcast or the blog because every single time I sit down to write, I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about it now, but I can't. And so I've shared very little of the book up until this week. This week, I am going to be holding a totally free online seminar about three ways to make change easier, seriously easier, not just lip service that relies on willpower and self-discipline and all that, actually easier. Three things that you can start doing right away. So I would love for you to be there with me this week while I introduce those three specific ways to make change easier. Your options for attending are going to be Wednesday evening, the 21st of March at 9 p.m. Eastern time or Thursday evening, the 22nd of March at 
8 p.m. Eastern Time. You do have to register to be there. It's totally free. It's live. It's online. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. You can go to the show notes page for this episode to register, primalpotential.com forward slash 466. That's the show notes page for this episode. Or you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash easier. But I would love to have you there. You do have to register to be there. You pick one of those two dates and times. I know that the times won't work for everybody, but you got to do what you got to do, and those are the times that are there. Don't ask about a replay because I'm not sure. I always try, but it doesn't always work out, so I make no replay guarantees. That just comes from my experience, and we will see what happens. But if you want to be there, definitely register Space is limited, and so many times people say, I think that's just a marketing thing. Nope, here's the deal. I pay for a software to hold these online free live webinar things, and the software limits the number of people I can have. That's just the way it is. So it's first come, first serve. You got to register, but then join up a little bit before the start time so you can be sure to get in. I will tell you from experience that if you mosey in exactly at the start time or a couple minutes later. History tells me everybody will be there already because the early bird gets the worm. Sorry, it's just the way it is. So I hope that you will join me. Three specific ways that you can make change easier to register, to check out those times, to see what the time zone thing looks like for you. Go to primalpotential.com forward slash 466, which is the show notes page for this episode. The link will be under resources, or you can register directly at primalpotential.com forward slash easier, E-A-S-I-E-R. All right, food is medicine. We started with an episode on coconut, and then we did an episode on turmeric, I will link to those episodes. I really loved them. I think a lot of you guys did too. I'll link to them over in the show notes. Today, we're going in a slightly different direction in that we are talking about a component in many foods and how that can be very medicinal in its impact on our bodies. We are talking today about sulfur. We're going to be talking about which foods contain sulfur and delicious ways to enjoy them. But we're going to spend the majority of our time talking about how sulfur can positively impact your health, how sulfur has an impact on skin conditions, inflammatory conditions, heart health, hormone imbalances, detoxification, any joint conditions, as well as metabolic stuff, impaired metabolism, obesity, trouble losing weight. It all ties back to sulfur. And because I'm not saying something like coconut, and we all know where we can find coconut, when we're talking about sulfur, I want to be very clear about what foods we are talking about that are rich in sulfur. We are not talking about leafy greens. So we are not talking about spinach, lettuce, arugula, etc. We are talking about your stinky vegetables. And one of the reasons they smell is because of their sulfur content. So we're talking about broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, and also garlic, shallots, leeks, onions, like I said, the stinky vegetables. 
these veggies contain sulfur. And when we look at the weight of different minerals in the body, like how much of our body is this thing, sulfur is one of the most prevalent by weight or really in an optimal health situation it is. That certainly isn't the case if you aren't getting enough sulfur through your diet. And most people are not prioritizing those stinky veggies. And, and part of the reason they aren't prioritizing them is because they smell. Just the other day, somebody said, I love cabbage, but I don't cook it because I don't like the way it smells. Got it. I understand. However, today I want to impress upon you the very significant and wide-reaching impact of sulfur and hopefully talk you into eating these veggies more often. I will tell you this little cooking hack from somebody who is admittedly not a chef or even very good in the kitchen, but one of the ways to make these vegetables smell less is to chop them much more finely. And that also reduces the potency of their flavor. So a lot of people, for example, think Brussels sprouts are too strong in flavor. They don't like them and maybe they prefer something like cabbage that's a little bit more mild. But the more finely you chop them, the more you release these compounds that contribute to the smell and to the strong flavor, and therefore they become more mild. So if you follow me on Instagram, at Elizabeth Benton, you'll see that when I have cabbage or when I have Brussels sprouts, most of the time they are chopped very finely. And part of this is volume, right? It appears to be more food when it's chopped more finely, which is entirely a mental thing. Uh, but the other part of it is they smell less when you cook them and they have a more mild flavor when you eat them. Let's get back to sulfur and the benefits of sulfur. So sulfur is required, essential, mandatory for hundreds of processes within the body. So if you don't have enough sulfur, you are not functioning optimally. It is really that simple. But it's required for so many different types of things. For example, for example, sulfur is required for the synthesis of glutathione. Glutathione is one of the body's most powerful antioxidants. So without sulfur, we can't adequately protect our bodies. We can't adequately protect our cells. That's a big deal. Sulfur is required for the synthesis of taurine. Taurine is an amino acid. And taurine has a major role in cardiovascular health. So without adequate sulfur your heart health, your circulation can be impaired. This sulfur uh, requirement, this sulfur need, assists in everything from detoxification, antioxidant protection, infection, muscular health, metabolism, hormones, heart health, so much. It is known as a healing element. And hundreds and hundreds of years ago, people used to take sulfur baths, like actually a bath infused with sulfur. I can't even imagine how miserable that would be in terms of the smell and having to sit there. But they would do that because it was known, even before they understood the mechanism, as very much a healing element. And you are going to begin to see why as we dive into some more details here. I am really passionate about this one 
more so than maybe the others that we've talked about so far in this Food as, as Medicine series, because I know that sulfur, sulforaphanes, we'll get into those in a minute here, really transformed my health. And the reason for that was related to detoxification. So when we look at some of these vegetables, specifically broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, and cauliflower, there is something in there that is an organic sulfur compound. They're called sulforaphanes that promote detoxification. Now, detoxification in general has lots of different steps and stages, two phases in general, but within that there are many different processes. These sulforaphanes, these organosulfurs in broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cabbage and cauliflower, they help specifically with the elimination of toxins. There are generally two phases of detoxification that the liver really facilitates. The first is binding the toxins to neutralize them, which is great and it's important, but the second is eliminating them so that they don't accumulate in your body. And sulforaphanes drive this phase two detox, the elimination of toxins. There's a big difference between that phase one and that phase two. Typically, our bodies don't have that much trouble with phase one detox, binding and neutralizing the toxins, but they do have a lot of trouble with phase two and the elimination. There are a ton of different things that stimulate phase one detox. There's a lot of herbs that do that. B vitamins do that. But there's not very much that really drives phase two detox. And these sulforaphanes do. This is relevant not only for toxins in the way we think of them, like from the air we breathe or from the water we drink or eating foods that aren't the highest quality. This is also a huge part of hormone balance. We have to be able to excrete excess hormones or forms of the hormones in our bodies naturally that are not health promoting. And the sulforaphanes drive that. So detox in the traditional way we think of toxins, but also hormonal detox. This is where it was really important for me. Estrogen, which is in both men and women, so this is not just talk for the ladies, there are many different forms of estrogen and of all hormones, really, but we're talking specifically about estrogen right now. Some of the forms of estrogen are health-promoting and some are not. Some can really harm our health, and we have to be able to eliminate any excess and also eliminate these forms of the hormones that are not health-promoting. Well, I had an impaired phase two detox, and this manifested in a lot of different ways, one of which was obesity. Another one was PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. And when I really upped these veggies, my hormones began to normalize in ways that I had never, ever seen before. I had never had a normal menstrual cycle ever in my life. And I have no doubt that these sulforaphanes driving phase two detox and allowing me for the first time to get rid of this toxic estrogen overload 
and no longer be estrogen dominant, that was a huge shift in my overall health and in getting me to a place where my cycles for the first time in my life became and have continued to be very, very predictable. But again, this is not just about estrogen. It's not just about hormones. It's about toxins in general. And there's some research on a particular Chinese farming community where airborne pollution is very, very high and liver cancer is also elevated in this community because when your liver is filled with toxins because it's sort of the toxic removal center of the body, this particular farming community, they they tested them drinking a sulforaphane-rich broccoli drink, right? And sulforaphanes are what we're talking about, driving this phase two detox, elimination of toxins in this Chinese farming community where the airborne pollution is high, where the liver cancer is elevated. When they had this sulforaphane-rich drink, Urinary excretion of the specific airborne pollutants in the community were higher. So as they consumed more sulforaphanes, they began to excrete more of the toxins they had been exposed to. So this is about hormone balance. It's also about toxins. We have to be able to eliminate toxins and sulforaphanes support that liver detox as well as these hormone elimination pathways that use the same detox process uh, that, that we're talking about with, with more traditional airborne or foodborne toxins. And there is so much more. Sulforaphanes and sulfur is not just about hormones. It's not just about uh, detoxification. It's actually also about vitamin D right? Everybody's heard how vitamin D does so many things from heart health to bone health to mood to body weight to insulin sensitivity. Vitamin D has a hand in so many things. And we we know that when we're exposed to the sun that we begin to synthesize vitamin D. But specifically, when we are exposed to the sun, the skin synthesizes vitamin D3 sulfate. Now, compared to regular vitamin D3, vitamin D3 sulfate is water-soluble. Vitamin D3 is fat-soluble. What that means is that this particular vitamin D3 sulfate, which of course can only be synthesized if you have enough sulfate in your body from your diet, vitamin D3 sulfate can flow freely in the bloodstream. Vitamin D3 cannot. Vitamin D3, because it is fat-soluble and your blood is water-based, right? Vitamin D3 would need a carrier And that carrier is LDL cholesterol. That's what many of us think of as bad cholesterol, but we're going to talk about that more in a minute. Vitamin D3 sulfate is the form of vitamin D3 that is in breast milk. And it's also the form that is in cow's milk, however, only prior to pasteurization because pasteurization changes the form and it's no longer vitamin D3 sulfate. 
So the reason that's important, having enough sulfate for your body to synthesize this particular form of vitamin D3 is that it can travel more freely throughout the body and without that LDL cholesterol carrier, all right? This is also true of cholesterol. So we have cholesterol, but we also have cholesterol sulfate. Cholesterol sulfate is formed by the skin. And part of the reason that is the case is because it acts as a protective barrier to your skin. Obviously, our skin is our first line of defense from protection against pathogens, infections, bacteria, viruses, fungi, you name it. Vitamin or cholesterol sulfate, like vitamin D3 sulfate, is water soluble. Cholesterol not with sulfate incorporated, is fat-soluble and needs a carrier, and that carrier is LDL. Now, I have talked a lot about cholesterol on the show before, so I'm not going to go too deeply into it here, but I do think it merits a refresher because I get a lot of questions about this. I will link to episodes that are exclusively about cholesterol over in the show notes at primalpotential.com forward slash 466. So if you have questions about cholesterol or you want to hear me talk in more detail about it, definitely check out those episodes. But let's just take a minute to all get on the same page so we can understand why having enough sulfur is so important in protecting our bodies, promoting heart health and all of that. So cholesterol is a healing substance. It is deployed by the body in response to inflammation, injury, illness. And too many people are approaching cholesterol in, quite frankly, the wrong way. They think, oh, cholesterol is high. I need to take something to lower it. Alternatively, I would suggest you need to understand what the cholesterol is responding to in terms of illness, injury, inflammation, and address that. And I've heard this explained so well before. I can't remember the book off the top of my head, and I don't have my books with me. I'm up in Maine right now. But I reference it in those past cholesterol episodes. So again, if you want to know more, hear more about this, just check out the show notes and listen to those episodes. But the way most of us think of cholesterol and approach elevated cholesterol is like somebody saying, you know, every time I pass a crime scene, I see police cars. So if there were fewer police cars, there would be less crime. We just need to get those police cars off the road because everywhere there's crime, there seems to be police. No, the police are there to help. They are responding to a problem. So if you want to be the solution, then figure out what problem they're responding to and tackle that. The same is true with cholesterol, and sulfur is part of the solution equation. So as I said, there is a particular form of cholesterol, cholesterol sulfate, and because it is water-soluble, it doesn't need a carrier, and that carrier is LDL, the way that cholesterol without the sulfate is, because that's fat-soluble, and it needs that carrier. It needs the carrier so that it can travel through the cell membrane and get into our cells. Well, cholesterol sulfate, since it's water-soluble, it can go right through the cell membrane in fat cells, in muscle cells, 
Cholesterol can't do that if it doesn't have the sulfur, right? It needs that LDL carrier. When we have more cholesterol sulfate, which is only possible when we have enough sulfur, our cholesterol is more effective because it can travel more freely and we have less LDL because we have less of a need for it because it's only really needed as a carrier for cholesterol. Elevated LDL cholesterol, what most people think of as bad cholesterol, and again, I go into that distinction and what it really means in the other episodes that are linked over on the show notes, but elevated LDL cholesterol is actually one sign of a sulfur deficiency because high levels of LDL can reflect compensation for a lack of cholesterol sulfate. Because when you do not have enough cholesterol sulfate, you have an increased need for these carriers for the regular cholesterol, right? And that is a part of the equation in our body's ability to heal, but also in blood flow, in blood clotting, and in heart health in general. One reason that cholesterol sulfate is protective within the cells, it can travel so freely into the cells, one of the reasons that it has a protective role there beyond glutathione synthesis, which we talked about a few minutes ago, is that cholesterol sulfate uniquely protects our cells from damage caused by glucose metabolism. So in case you didn't know, and I've talked about this in a few episodes before, sugar accelerates the aging process and can really do damage, oxidative damage, to our cells. There was an episode where I talked at length about advanced glycation end products. And this is sort of the, the end result of damage caused by glucose metabolism. And cholesterol sulfate really helps protect our cells from that damage, which is so important because if we mess up our cells, we mess up our health. All disease begins at the cellular level, all right? Because cholesterol sulfate can get into the cells, it helps to reduce damage oxygen causes to the cells. Most of you have probably heard of the term oxidative stress. That's not a good thing. We don't want oxidative stress in our cells. And cholesterol sulfate helps to mitigate that. Again, super important because cell damage is the starting point for disease, for inflammation, for injury, for everything that we want to avoid. When there is not enough cholesterol sulfate in your cells, your cells aren't as protected, and this impairs glucose metabolism. Impaired glucose metabolism impacts our ability to burn fat, and it also significantly impacts our insulin responsiveness. Because when glucose metabolism is impaired within the cell, which is what happens when there is not adequate cholesterol sulfate there, when our insulin responsiveness is impacted, the body begins to pump out more insulin. And that means insulin levels stay higher for longer, which means less fat burning. But it also means that we experience more hunger, more cravings, and our body is operating at a higher level of stress 
And in the stress episodes, I talk about all of the different implications of that. So this impaired glucose metabolism that is a direct result of not having adequate cholesterol sulfate, it first starts to take its impact in your muscle cells and then the impact spreads to fat cells. So let's break that down a little bit further. I've talked a lot about a term called carb spillover. And I'm going to link to those episodes in the show notes. If you haven't heard them before or if you need a refresher, they will really help your understanding of what happens when you consume carbohydrates, when you overconsume carbohydrates, or as we're talking about right now, when you have impaired glucose metabolism. So check out the show notes for more information there. But here is the Cliff Notes version of what's going on here and how sulfur plays a role. When we consume an excess of sugar, it has to be stored, right? But glucose, sugar, can only be stored in your muscles or in your liver. And when those storage sites are full, the sugar can't be stored anyplace else. So it has to be converted to and stored as fat, body fat, adipose tissue. The next time, after that happens, the next time that you consume more sugar than your body needs in that moment, and it doesn't matter if it's from Twizzlers or from potato or from a piece of bread, your body asks, is there any short-term storage for this? Like, is there any space? These These liver and muscle storage sites are finite. They are not unlimited. There is a max capacity. So the next time you consume more sugar from any source than your body needs, it says, do we have any room in the muscle or the liver? And if the answer is no, there's no more room, it gets converted to and stored as fat. And if the answer is yes, then it gets stored there. But here's where this sulfur thing plays a role. When glucose metabolism in your muscles is impaired as is the case when we lack cholesterol sulfate, and this is one of the things we mean when we say someone is carb sensitive, when glucose metabolism is impaired in your muscle cells, then your body can't efficiently use the sugar that is stored there. It can't access it for fuel. And so when you consume more sugar than your body needs in that moment, Because your body can't efficiently use what is stored in your muscles, then you are more likely to have that converted to and stored as fat. But there is so much that you can do to improve your glucose metabolism in the cells. And having adequate sulfur is one of those things. For other things that aren't related to sulfur, definitely go back and listen to those episodes. But you're putting yourself in a position where your body cannot efficiently use the fuel that is stored in your liver, in your muscle. And so you are setting yourself up to store every bit of excess as fat instead of being able to use what is stored so you store less of what you eat. Is that clear, guys? If it's not, go ahead and leave a comment on the show notes page or shoot me an email and I'm happy to clear it up. Now, I said that this impaired glucose metabolism when we lack sulfur begins in the muscle tissues, but then it begins to impact our fat cells. And what happens when metabolism within our fat cells is impaired? 
it means that your cells are less able to burn and release their stored fat. And that means you struggle to lose weight because you lack the functioning cellular machinery. And one factor in this is lack of sulfate. This this goes so directly to the point of why fat loss and why health are so much more than just the oversimplified eat less, move more. And it makes the story so much more clear as to why when I was eating fewer than a thousand calories a day from nothing but fat-free microwave popcorn and sugar-free jello, I struggled to lose weight and I was always hungry and I had tons of cravings. I wasn't giving my body the raw materials it needed to function. Guys, food is so much more than what tastes good, what looks good. We are either giving or not giving ourselves the raw materials our body needs for function. My cellular, my cellular machinery was broken because I wasn't, even in a calorie deficit, I wasn't giving my body the nutrients it needed to met- metabolize the foods I did eat po- uh, properly or even metabolize the stored fuel in my body. I had ample fat reserves, but my body couldn't access it because I wasn't giving it the raw materials it needed from things like sulfur to do that, to break down the fat efficiently. There is more to sulfur than this. Sulfur is actually a component of insulin. Seriously, we talk a ton about insulin on this show. I've done dozens of episodes on why insulin is so important for fat loss, for health in general, for energy, for managing cravings and hunger. And sulfur is actually a component of the hormone insulin. So it is required. Sulfur is required for insulin to be produced by your body. And sulfur is absolutely required for insulin to act in your body. The physical structure of insulin is two amino chains, uh, two amino acid chains connected by sulfur bridges. No sulfur bridge, no insulin. And if insulin doesn't work, guess what? You don't either. You don't either. So as you can see, this is about cell health. This is about protecting your body. This is about metabolism, being able to access your stored fuel. This is about skin health, the protective barriers of your body. This is about inflammation. Sulfur really matters. So now we need to get to how do I eat it? And I mentioned the specific vegetables, the stinky ones, right? Broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, onions, leeks, garlic, etc. My favorite, favorite, favorite way, and I have this almost every day, my brunch is usually my cabbage salad bowl. I will link to that recipe over on the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 466. You'll see it under resources as EB's cabbage bowl, but it is shredded raw red and green cabbage with eggs, with bacon. You can certainly omit the bacon if you don't like that sort of thing or send it to me. I'll eat your bacon. Um, But that is certainly one way. Another way, and this just came up in conversation the other night. I'm going to be making this soon. So if you're following me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton, you'll probably see this in my feed within the next couple of weeks. And that is 
stuffed cabbage. I ate this growing up, but it was stuffed with rice. I am going to make it cabbage leaves stuffed with cauliflower rice and ground beef with a tomato sauce. And bonus points if you make your tomato sauce like I talk about in the turmeric episode of the Food as Medicine series. But you get a double whammy here because you are getting the sulfur from the cabbage. You're also getting the sulfur from the cauliflower and... You just get to totally win the day if you add a little turmeric to the tomato sauce that you put on top. There is a recipe in the turmeric episode and those show notes. uh, So I'll link to that episode in the show notes for today's episode. So those are a couple ways, my favorite ways to do cabbage. Broccoli is another great way to get more sulfur. But broccoli is a tricky vegetable. Like, I will eat broccoli. I like broccoli, but I don't want a side of steamed broccoli. So I have to get a little bit more creative in how I eat broccoli because I just don't usually want a side of steamed broccoli. One way that I do this is if I'm out to eat and there is a particular pasta dish that looks great, Instead of getting it over pasta, I will get the dish over broccoli. I did this and shared with you guys, I've done it regularly, but when I ordered this, when I was out to dinner with my um, master's club, everyone was like, oh my gosh, what a great idea. And before we knew it, like the whole table had dishes uh, served over broccoli. But I really like sometimes the combination of a protein like chicken or beef with a creamy sauce. And that typically comes over something like rice or pasta. But I'll just say, instead of having pasta with that, could you serve it over broccoli? And that is absolutely delicious. I also shared on Instagram a couple weeks ago, I made what I was calling broccoli nachos. That was inspired by my friend and chef, Maggie. She's not my chef. She's a chef. That could have come out. You have a chef? No, I don't have a chef. My friend Maggie, she's a chef. You can follow her on Instagram at Mags with abs. Um... And that's two G's with mags. But she had broccoli topped with chili. So she made a beanless chili and she served it over steamed broccoli. And I was like, that looks so good. I'm going to make it Mexican style, which is how I kind of came up with broccoli nachos. But I steamed some broccoli and topped them with finely chopped chicken and pico de gallo and some guacamole and a little cheese. Mm, So good. So good. Another one with broccoli that I really love It's super easy and it's two ingredients. I will steam broccoli and then throw it in my Vitamix blender with bone broth to make broccoli soup, which sounds super boring and super gross, but it is really, really good. So I just steam the broccoli and throw it in the blender with bone broth and you've got soup in minutes. Um, so yeah, that is typically how I have these veggies. Oh, Brussels sprouts, right? I eat Brussels sprouts all the time. And typically I just saute them with a little bit of butter or a little bit of bacon fat. A few weeks ago, I shared on Instagram that I fried them for the first time in a blend of avocado and coconut oil. That was really, really good. Or you can simply roast them, cut them. Remember, the more finely you cut them, the less um, strong their flavor will be. You can just toss them in an oven, roast them, and Google a bajillion different ways. There's so many recipes for all of these veggies. You just have to find what you love. A couple nights ago, I had bacon-wrapped Brussels sprouts at a restaurant. I'm going to be making those soon. They were amazing. But yeah, I want you to get more sulfur in your diet. It matters whether your goal is to boost your immune system 
or to protect your heart or to improve your metabolism. Hello, who doesn't want to do that regardless of what your goals are? So definitely check out the show notes page for this episode if you're curious more about cholesterol or if you want to listen to the other Food as Medicine series where we talked about coconut in the first one. We talked about turmeric in the second one. I'm going to wrap up by making an announcement that I don't want to make, but I need to make. And I am, uh, even as I sit here, I'm like, no, say something else, say something else. But I'm going to say this because it matters. I am opening up this week registration for the spring fat loss fast track. That's not the part I don't want to say. I'm super excited about that and I can't wait to work with you guys. Um, So that is going to open up this week. It's already been opened up to the wait list. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to email me because it kicks off on April 1st. So registration is happening now. It'll close a few days before April 1st. The thing that I am resisting saying is that there is not going to be a summer group. So for people that participate in the spring and people who are participating now, veteran groups will continue, but I'm not taking on new clients for the summer. The primary reason for that is so I can focus on writing my book. That really matters to me. Uh, And every season I've said, well, no, I can do it. I'm going to make it happen. Um, But I am saying now that I will not have a new group in the summer. And it is very possible that I will not have a new group in the fall. So it is very, very possible that the opportunity to work with me won't open up again until 2019, which seems so far away, but it's really not. And it scares me to say that. I'm uncomfortable saying that, but I know it's the right decision. So it's just super important if you want that coaching, if you want that accountability, if you really want to make change easier, now is your time. And I would love to work with you this spring. We're just a few, well, not even, we're a couple weeks away from starting and registration is open now. So definitely get in touch with me if you don't know what I'm talking about or you don't know how to make that happen because I will be prioritizing my book for the rest of the year and won't be taking on new clients. And I don't want you to wait anymore to create this change in your life. So there, I've said it. It's out in the world. I'm committed. I don't feel really great about it, uh, but I know that it's the right thing to do. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you're going to run out to the grocery store and pick up some broccoli, some Brussels sprouts, some cauliflower, some cabbage, and then maybe toss in some onions and some garlic and some leeks into it for bonus points. I hope you guys have a really great day. Thank you so much for listening. If there are any questions that I didn't cover in this episode that you haven't found answers to in the resources from today's show notes, I am always just a message away and happy to help you uh, find those answers. Have a great day. Stay in touch. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash 
join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.